Spider Cop here. After hearing J. Jonah Jameson blame me for all the bad things that happen in this city, I listen to the Game Fix show to feel better about myself. Hello to all my friends at Game Fix. It's me, Mario. Woohoo! I'm here to kick ass and listen to the Game Fix podcast. And you're listening to the Game Fix podcast. And you are listening to Game Fix. It's Game Fix podcast. I like to tune into the Game Fix show. All right, partner. You know what time it is. Let's go crazy! Let's go crazy! Hello and welcome to the Game Freak Show. I am Verlaine. Uh, make sure to check out our website. Oh, let's lower that a little bit. Gamefixshow.com. You'll get a lot of ins, outs, and uh, just a lot of good stuff about gaming. And while I'm on the subject, welcome to our newest contributor, uh, Mike. He is uh, actually, dude, I love the stuff that he's putting up. It's different than what we do. Um, he knows his shit. He, he does his research. Definitely check him out. Check out his YouTube, uh, Broken Analog. Uh, and speaking of contributor, contributors, as you notice, no Spanish did not get prettier. This is our lead contributor, James. Uh, he is going to be sitting in for Spanish today. James, what's going on? Nothing, man. What's up? David's uh, on vacation again. Yeah, <laughs> but it's, it's very fitting because... <laughs> Dave loves Mario, but I think that you love Nintendo a little bit more. And as everybody just saw, uh, Reggie—I don't even know how to say his last name. You, what is Fizeme? Fizeme, uh, president of Nintendo of America, has just retired. What are your opinions on this? Mine personally, I—I I, I always see the presidents of these companies kind of just as talking heads. Like there's more more strings controlling things. Um, and it's business, you know what I'm saying? And you seem to have more of a, an attachment to this guy. Yeah. Like he's, he's an iconic kind of presence in Nintendo, especially if you're like a North American Nintendo person, like he was just kind of there. He, he, for every direct, every announcement, like Reggie was there. And it's 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 sad that he's gone. Like it's it's truly sad that he is moving on. But he's going to be playing games. So so how much be in, how much influence did this guy actually have on Nintendo itself besides being its president? Uh, I I I don't know, man. Like it's just he's kind of a he, he's an icon. It. it like everybody he's, else is just kind of suits when it comes to this industry. Right. So he's like the face of Yeah, American like he's Nintendo. the face. Like, um, you know, right. And that's that's I guess that's kind of why I'm not as attached to as if they said and I don't even know who it would be, but if they said just, you know, lead developer of Nintendo dies or retires. That's that's huge. Like whoever's like huge like something with a more impactful job on Nintendo itself. You know, um, let's say um, Major Nelson, Larry Erb from Xbox, same situation. Uh, the only thing he really did was create Xbox achievements. The whole idea of giving achievements for doing things in games was his. Other than that, I see him as just a face. And if they ever get rid of him, it wouldn't matter. And that's proven because, in a way, Phil Spencer now 
is becoming the face of Xbox and overshadowing what you know who Larry Herb is, right? Yes, I do. I know who Major Nelson is. He's totally like overshadowing what he is. Um, so when it comes to things like that, it to me it doesn't matter. Phil Spencer, if he retired and someone else came in, I don't, I don't think it really would matter. I think there's other people making the decisions that do matter. Case in yeah, point. Yeah, I, I mean, he's definitely wasn't like a decision maker. I, I think uh, Mike, we have Mike in chat actually, and he, I, I, I agree with him. Like he, he was a larger than life personality. Like okay. he, he was the face. So and now the face is gone. Well, now I'm going to contradict what I was saying uh, about pretty much him having no influence. But is it coincidence that pretty much the same time he's on the way out, we get pretty much the biggest news ever in gaming? indicating that Nintendo and Xbox could be essentially merging. I wouldn't go so far as to say merging, but the the current rumor is very exciting for Nintendo fans. Now, do you it think it should be very exciting for Nintendo fans? <laughs> All right, so here's why I say merging because this this is not just Nintendo getting Game Pass getting the the server power to stream do something that they can't achieve in America but they can in Japan and they're doing it in Japan now they have the ability to do that if they join up with Xbox right Xbox is getting something they've never had because there's got to be an exchange okay Nintendo's getting access to all this Xbox stuff Xbox exclusive games all this if if you're getting the game pass that's what you're getting but then you're like, Nintendo is not going to give Xbox Mario and Zelda, but Xbox doesn't. Xbox, the thing they never had, is a portable system. That is the exchange. The fact that Xbox, by default, gets the best company at making portable games. Sony has failed. They've proven that they can't do it. Nintendo can. And that's the benefit. And that's why these two together can accomplish the disc-free methods and pretty much destroy Sony. Well, put a huge dent in uh, Sony, in PlayStation, not Sony. Yeah, no, I completely agree. Like, Microsoft is getting this audience that they've never had before. And more importantly, they're getting a Japanese audience that they've never really had before. Because mm -hmm. dating all the way back to even, like, the original Xbox, it has never been big in Japan. Yeah, just but, it's, it's a culture. You can feel the cultural difference between Nintendo and PlayStation and Xbox, like throughout the world. And which is why this is such a surprise. Like, I always assumed if anything happened, Nintendo would be joining up with, play, with PlayStation just because of that cultural impact that they have outside of America. Yeah, like, you would think that. Like, you would never... I If we talked about this five years ago, that Microsoft and Nintendo were going to get together and make, like, a team together, everybody would think you were crazy. But mm -hmm. it's happening. And it all started with crossplay. And it, <laughs> it can't happen with PlayStation, because PlayStation cannot deliver the network that Xbox has, the amount of servers that Xbox has. Um, which is why... I mean, who knows? They might have been approached, but there's no way they can handle it. There's no way they can accomplish what Xbox can um, with their servers. 
and th this all started with a link a little thing called oh, what they call it in the beginning beam which now is called mixer now you, are you familiar with mixer streaming i have i have heard of it i know it's microsoft's little streaming service okay the thing with mixer is it allows interactivity that you can't get anywhere else which is essentially some games i can give you being a viewer control of my game live as i play it and that's accomplished with the 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 way that their network is working and there is zero latency between live and stream so what you're seeing on our mixer page is live immediately like it's it's 100% live and because they have accomplished that they can now pretty much guarantee that they could do it with the gaming because they have done it with streaming, live streaming. So if they can let me play your game, they can let me play their game. Yeah, and that's what exactly. it amounts to. And with, yeah. with Microsoft, everything they do, though it always sucks and it's always rebranded, it always is leading to something else that they don't tell us about. Because soon, once this streaming thing's done, like they're gonna rebrand Mixer and try something new. I don't know. Well, not to mention we have we have XCloud coming right around the corner, which that's was what, Microsoft's yeah, little. That's what I was saying. Service. What this is building up to, yeah, and that's the main thing. Like Game Pass on the Nintendo Switch cannot work without the project x cloud it cannot yeah. work so they're no, gonna be this, handed the hand. switch isn't power powerful enough to run some of those games right and so that cloud that cloud system is definitely going to help that right and see there's a chance that this whole rumor is actually tied to scalebound because my first all right my second thought upon hearing scalebound coming to nintendo was how are they going to pull it off? Like one of the coolest things about Scalebound was the way it looked and how awesome it looked. You can't do that on Nintendo. So how are they going to pull this off? Is it, is it even worth getting excited about? Only if this xCloud project meeting merger thing happens, then it is. Because if this happens, then Nintendo has 100% investment and, and, a, and a, a good investment to bring this thing back to life. Oh yeah, definitely. And where Nintendo's buddy buddy with Platinum, it it keep it even like furthers it. Yeah, I'm excited, and that's definitely that will be a game changer. And who knows, it may not even happen until the next gen. But even so, I mean, right now as it stands, even without Nintendo, Xbox has a very good foot on the future of gaming right now. They're definitely, I. I, we could probably we could probably agree on this. We may agree on this, but Microsoft has basically lost this generation. Oh, but they, now yeah. now they're now they're setting themselves up for next generation. Yeah, absolutely. And I this this is definitely good steps into building that with their relationship with Nintendo. Yeah, absolutely. Um, oh, just so everybody knows, make sure to follow us all social medias at Game Fix Show. Uh, wherever you go to talk to strangers, type us in and you'll find us for sure. Um, you have some console rumors. Yeah. Um, speaking speaking of next generation, actually. Mm. Uh, so E3 this year is looking to be fairly 
explosive, despite the fact that Sony is not attending E3 this year. Uh, so the current rumor circulating is Microsoft is announcing their new console at E3. And it's not going to be one console. It is going to be two consoles. Okay. Uh, the first one is called um, Lockhart. And it is an all-digital platform. Uh, no CD drive. It's rumored to be stocked with a two-terabyte hard drive, which, I mean, it's if it's going to be all-digital, you're going to need big space. Yeah. Um, it's going to be the entry-level system, so it's going to be cheaper, and the specs are on par with the Xbox One S. And then the next one is called Anaconda. Love the naming of these consoles, by the way, Microsoft. Uh, This one is going to be a traditional console in the sense that it's going to have a Blu-ray drive. So it's not alienating anybody who doesn't like digital, which I think was kind of the big thing with Xbox One when it was originally announced. It basically just alienated all of the non-digital people. Um, this is going to be more expensive and price is going to be about what the Xbox One X is. So it's going to be like a $500 console, but you're getting all the benefits of it being like a traditional console. Okay, so... it's it, So they're both going to be the same power as the Xbox One S? No. Um, so the one with... The, so the... So it's essentially an Xbox One S and an Xbox. It's a discless Xbox One S or an Xbox One X. Because if it's as strong as a One X and it has the drive, then it's a One X. But I'm yeah, thinking... I, I I think that I think that was mostly referring to price point. I think I misspoke. It was mostly referring to price point. So the price point is going to be comparable to the one X, the one S, not specs wise. Okay, I I, would... I think I misspoke on that. Yeah, that was yeah. my fault. I would, I would probably do that. Save the money and not have the physical drive because I rarely put anything in that drive. I do Netflix for movies, I do Cody for movies, and I usually digitally buy my games so that I can game share. So yeah, and that's, I would that's probably kind of, be okay with that. That's that's kind of the way consoles are going now. Like digital sales across the board for consoles have been on the rise. So I, I honestly think like like you remember the Xbox One X or the Xbox One reveal and all of the outrage from that where they were going to be shifting to a more digital platform Mm -hmm. and everybody out. Well, now, like, the industry is kind of pushing that way. They're pushing to, like, a digital platform or, like, a Netflix-style streaming service. And I think Microsoft, like, it's, it's Microsoft. Like, who knows better streaming than Microsoft? Yeah. I mean, they they Uh, were talking about this back in Xbox 360. The day that they started, um, I think it was Xbox, I mean, it was Call of Duty Ghosts, was the first game that they launched retail and digital at the same time. Usually you'd have to wait like two or three days after retail. And then from that point on, every release came out at the same time. Yep, they were simultaneous releases. 
and that sort of like in of itself kind of changed yeah. that was the, the beginning industry. because i wake up and hey you know what I'm not going to go sit out there at GameStop at midnight to get this game. I'm just going to set my alarm, wake up, download it, and play it first thing in the morning. I mean, not even that anymore. Like, a lot of games coming out. Now, if you buy the game digitally, you could preload the yep. game the day before. Mm-hmm. And as soon as the clock hits midnight, you're playing. Yeah, absolutely. I'm, I'm okay with that. And I knew that it was going to come, and it's going to happen uh Physical releases might still exist. I mean, it, look, if PlayStation exists, physical releases will exist. Um, and I don't know. I mean, I can see having them. I kind of like having a physical copy, but, dude, I mean, there's no point right now. Everything's digital anyway. Like, even even your physical copy has to be installed to the hard drive. Yep. Yeah, and that's the thing. If it worked the way that maybe the way that a PlayStation disc would have worked where it's reading the disc and then playing it. And it's not really installing the game on the system. Um, Maybe that would have worked out better because then you get that feeling. But yeah, now that now a disc is just the physical copy of the CD key. Like it's just saying I am allowed to play this game. Yeah. It's the copy protection. Keeping the disc in the drive is just for copy protection purposes to make sure you actually own the game. Yep, and then with every almost every digital company now m- allowing their movies to cross over to I can't remember what that movie thing is where you know Xbox just joined it. So if you buy a movie digitally on Xbox or if you buy it on like Apple iMovie or iTunes or whatever, you can access it through this library. It's like a universal library. So then once it's on your Xbox. You can watch anything that you've – any digital copy of any movie that you've ever owned is essentially they're trying to merge all that into one thing. Is that uh, is that Voodoo? No. No, I think Voodoo is the, the, the Fox thing. It, I can't remember what it is. A lot of the yeah. movies now that come out with a digital code, it it's, has their logo on it. I can't remember. But it's, it's – Yeah. I know what you're talking about. I can't remember the name of it either. Yeah, it's, it's going to happen, man. I'm okay with it totally okay with it yeah we're pushing more and more into that all digital future and like Bonnie is ready as a pc player for the past 15 years i am embracing it yeah absolutely i mean especially pc i mean come on man who the hell switches you don't switch discs with a pc like there's it's it's retarded yeah it's just you know Double click, boom! I'm in my game. Oh, I'm sick of this exit. Double click, boom! I'm in another game. Like click, it's click, just boom. it's the way the future is going to be. Click, click, boom. Click, click, boom, man. Yeah. Um. All right. So, I guess let's get into um Overwatch. Like, I want to get into what I've been playing, um, and what you've been playing. But we have to get into Overwatch because right before the show started, you found that something just dropped, and that is, it. It's actually a different way that. Blizzard releases this kind of information. Yeah, like Blizzard Blizzard's kind of trying different things with their hero releases. Like when Sombra was being teased, it was this whole That was the most intricate thing I've ever seen in my life. Yeah, it's like you needed a PhD and shit totally. and you're just like what's going on? And then they've gotten they've gotten steadily better. Thank God. Um, yeah. This one, they literally, like, they teased it, 
and then they just drop the origin story on YouTube. And it's like, oh, okay, thanks for the build-up, Blizzard. Like, <laughs> Yeah, I, I actually do like this better because it came to a point where, like, when Wrecking Ball came out, I didn't care. Like, everybody had their, their ideas, just like with the new Avengers movie. Everybody's got their theories, and everybody does their research, and it could be this person. And Blizzard purposely makes it so that you think it's one out of 20 different people and then they release someone you've never heard of. So I'm glad that now it's just like, I don't have to worry about it. This is who I'm going to get. I can be excited or not. I don't have to worry about anything else. Yeah, like they, they were, they've been dropping teases for it. for. Uh, I haven't seen any. So. I guess that's my fault too because that's another another thing I did was I'm not worrying about the teases, the teases anymore. You know? So yeah maybe that's a thing too. I didn't pay any attention to any of that anymore. Um, so to me, you, you showing me this, like out of the blue, like I have no idea who this guy is. I, I had no idea. I thought it was going to be Athena or whoever the, the robot echo is. echo. Yeah. Um, so let's get into who this guy is and what we think he does. So I, I have no idea how to pronounce this dude's name. Baptist Baptiste. I don't know. Sure, we'll say Baptiste. Baptiste. Uh, he looks to be a healer, but he has like a grenade launcher. So, okay. <laughs> there you have it. <laughs> All right, story-wise, so he, he was orphaned during the war. Obviously a child, obviously figuring and assuming that the robots are the bad guys. Joins Talon, which must mean that... Yeah, it's he's actually like new as in Tracer kind of new. He is a late joiner of this. Um, he then changes his mind, so I think now he's out of Talon. Uh, he is a healer. We get that just... I, th I only get that because of that little vial that he has that has the little medic pluses on it. Yeah, um, I like... That's, that's kind of what I got from it, too. Yeah, like, so, maybe he's going to be a healer DPS? That would be uh, okay, I guess. Like but, they're, see, we, uh, I guess it, it they're depends saying on, he's a combat medic, so it, it, I guess it all depends on what's inside that grenade launcher. Yeah, I mean, this is going to be interesting. If it's just like a bunch of like infinite, like like you said, Junkrat or Anna's like grenade, like just he's just shooting that kind of thing. Where if it hits the bad guys, it hurts them; good guys, it heals them. Yeah, but I mean that's. That that's that's probably kind of a fair assumption like i think i think they're going to be pushing towards that but like it does it's just an origin story it doesn't say anything about abilities right so like let's see the origin story dropped today he'll probably be on the ptr tomorrow and then you'll get to play him yeah wow. like i'll get them i'll stream him on here just so everybody can kind of see what nice. it is yeah totally Sweet. And... All right. <clears throat> Excuse me. Um, Overwatch, the new competitive season just started. Uh, I haven't really been keeping two. up, but there's like a lot new, a lot of more new. Uh, there's more teams, which is a good thing because it means more billionaires are thinking this is worth it. Um, but something happened <laughs> that is. 
look when people were saying like this is this is history like they made history i'm like okay well it's overwatch league history but i didn't know that this like was actually like a record that they were holding so everybody's favorite team the shanghai dragons got Mm. their first win on friday so their record is one in 42 uh, the 42 straight losses makes them the single professional sport team to have the longest losing streak ever in the history of competitive sports. Wow. And that's including like football and baseball and basketball like, would be the one though. They have the most games, I think. Yeah. Like that's, that's even more than that. And, it comes to a certain point where I mean, if I was the investor, I'd be like, dude, no. Like, come on, no. I'm not this is just not good. We gotta get rid of everyone or just end this. I mean it's Well It's actually it's actually funny that you say that. From uh because from season one to season true season two, they dropped their entire roster except for Gaguri, Dia, and Fearless and completely rebuilt around those three people. So it's an entirely different roster now. (laughs) That's half a team, though. And if they're all three playing at the same time, then that's the problem. Like, that's the problem is the three people they decided to keep. Like, get rid of everybody. It's a team thing. Well, if it makes you feel any better, those three players that I mentioned, they don't really play that often. So, like, Giguri was in for one map. I believe it was one map. And then she was substituted the next map. And, yeah, so... So who do they... Who do they... Who do they beat? I want to talk about it. <laughs> <laughs> so, <clears throat> I just... I want to... I want to... I want to preface this with... You know, Boston Uprising was the only team to have a perfect season. All right, they, they had a they they had a they had a perfect set. They won ten games, perfect set, and they were the team to lose to the Shanghai Dragons. Their <laughs> one loss is the Shanghai's one win. Yeah, so you know, it it sucked. Like it's okay, <laughs> it's okay if they have that streak. Then whatever, dude. <laughs> it's okay. So there, there's a there's a couple of things. Like, I'm not an apologist to this. Like, Boston was completely outplayed. Like, the, the Shanghai Sombra was completely tearing Boston apart. Like, Shanghai was very smart to run the Sombra because Boston didn't know how to deal with it. Well, okay, was Shanghai on offense or defense? Uh, both didn't matter. So they had a sombra. sombra out there. They had a sombra, no matter what. No matter what, they had a sombra because sombra is really effective against the goats comp, which is the current meta in the game. And if for people who don't know what a goats comp is, no, I don't. It is three tanks and three supports. That is a goats comp. Ah. And sombra <laughs> is really effective against this comp. Right. Because if you can, if you can hack any of the tanks. That's a free kill. Like, it's a free kill. Yeah. Especially if it's like a Reinhardt. If you hack a Reinhardt, 
you're laying damage into the rest of the team. Yeah. And that's that's pretty much what uh the player the the uh the Sombra player was uh deeding. I think I'm saying that right. Um yeah, he was constant EMPs, constant hacking. He just tore through everything Boston was doing. Jeez. Um Boston also went into this kind of lacking a player. Uh one of the new players that they picked up on the offseason is a British player named Fusions. And he was he's also a contender player. He has a coming into this season, they're doing what they're do what they're calling two way contracts. So basically any contender player can play on a professional team. But the limitation is is if they played the previous season in contenders they're only limited to two matches in a set. And he played those two matches last week. So from what I read minutes before the Shanghai match, Austin was informed that they can't play him. But they but had honest, substitutes, right? Yeah, they had a substitute. But like this guy is basically their shot caller like this this is like this is like taking belichick out of the game and why just would, letting them go on the field and go hey go why would <laughs> they make their shot caller a guy who can only play such limited stuff so i'm hearing i'm hearing different things to this like one side is saying that it was a rule that the Overwatch League officials never really explained fully. And then I'm hearing, well, everybody knew, so there's no excuse. So I don't really know which side of this to kind of fall out. And we'll never know. Yeah, like, we'll kind of never know. It's just one of those things. Like, maybe the rule was misinterpreted. Maybe pigs can fly. Like, I don't know. And honestly, like, I watched the matches. Fusions being in the match or not wasn't going to matter. They had no answer to the Sombra. And the Sombra is the reason why they lost that match. Really? Like, there's there's an answer to Sombra. How could they not have just been like, dude, we we will switch our... See, that's when pride gets in the way. Sometimes you just got to be like, look, we have to change our entire team. And yes, it's because of one character. Yeah. And that's, that's kind of the thing. Like, like maybe that guy would have been the dude to say that though. Maybe that guy being there would have been like, guys, this is ridiculous. And that's, yeah, that's, that's kind of the whole thing going into this. Like, like the, the meta is set and like everybody's playing the meta. And then over here, you have Shanghai going, we're going to have a Sombra. Like, whatever. (laughs) One character can screw the whole thing up, especially if you're trying to stay one structure. Like, you can't, you have to be willing to bend, dude, or you will break. Yeah, I completely agree. Like, going, like, when they were down two and zero at halftime, they should have been in the back going, listen, guys we need to change some shit because this shit ain't working. 
and Absolutely. like came up with something to at least at least kill the Sombra. Mm -hmm. Just get the moral victory of killing the Sombra. Bait <laughs> the Sombra. Just have someone that she needs to kill that you know you don't need. Have a decoy Bastion. Hey, play Bastion. Sit there and let Sombra just keep hacking. Yeah, and like this was just like, like I said, it didn't matter if Fusions was in it or not. They were gonna lose this match. Like they they refused to get off the goats comp. They kept hammering it away, expecting it to work. It didn't work. And that's why they lost. Like, like you said, it was the, the ego of it. Like, the pride of it. And yeah. there it is. <laughs> I felt it, man. Shanghai won their first game. Dude, the arena went crazy. Like, people in the crowd were crying. <laughs> like, that's crazy not even joking man they were crying dude, being a if you were a fan since day one then yeah i can see it uh good shit um all right so uh unfortunately i have to mention something and it's fortnite and so do you play fortnite james <laughs> i played it for two hours I died 3,000 times, and I never played it again. All right. So, I don't even need to get into why I, I don't... It's not that I don't like Fortnite. I, I'm, I don't I'm, like the building mechanic. I think that's that's horrible. Like, I, I agree. Like, I hate it. Like, skill-wise... Like, whatever. Um, so, I, I find this... The way Epic is doing things very unethical... Um, though it's making a lot of money, I just can't help but feel that it's just so cheap. And I'm talking about the fact that they rip off everything since the birth of Fortnite. It, for, that itself, the Battle Royale, was a ripoff. It was something to tide us over until their real idea, which obviously wasn't good enough, um, came to fruition. Um, and since then, they've been ripping off different parts and different things from different, like, games, mainly skins, but then there's the emotes and the dances that they've been ripping off and not paying the people that created them. A lot of the skins look like things from other games that may be, you know, relevant. Like, if a new pirate game comes out, they're going to put pirate skins in it. You know, stuff like that. Game modes come out that, you know, copy other games. This latest... Uh, it's not even a rumor. They have said it. Um, they are planning on adding a respawn mechanic to Fortnite so that you can bring your player back after he's eliminated, like Apex. The thing is, is when, when this was brought up or asked of the developers, they made it seem like this has always been a plan, and that's where I have a huge problem. Like... Look, I called what I called was that soon they're going to start adding abilities to certain characters, you know? But this is just for nobody to see how just I don't know, it could be me. I just think this is so just unethical and and just a bunch of dudes just trying to take the easy way out and like not think of anything like I don't know. You probably already hate Fortnite. For, Fortnite has to do something because right now it is not only like bleeding views on Twitch, 
it's also like bleeding players. Yeah. Like everybody is kind of abandoned ship. All of like the big Fortnite streamers are all playing Apex right now. Right. Um it- it's it's got kind of like it's really a who's who of like competitive FPS games. Yeah. You know, like Seagull is playing from Overwatch. Uh, Shroud from Counter-Strike, big Counter-Strike Go player, he's playing. Uh, XQC, another Overwatch guy, mm-hmm. he's playing. Uh, Tin the Tatman, Ninja, Dr. Lupo, uh, Mr. Disrespect, or Dr. Disrespect, or yeah. whatever the hell his name is. They're all playing this, yeah. and they're getting huge numbers on Twitch. Right. Absolutely huge numbers, except for Ninja. <laughs> well, his fans Ex- are probably Fortnite fans. Yeah, like except for Ninja, Ninja's Ninja's subscriptions, his his subs are going down, his view count is going down. Uh, I think people are kind of over the Ninja thing, and yeah. they're looking to the new bastion of streamer. And um, my prediction is going to be Shroud, just because I like him. That's just yeah. my prediction, though. Maybe a little biased. Well. <laughs> when it comes to things like this, um, so you have Apex and Fortnite. Apex, they're going to do their own thing. Whether they get all these Twitch views or not, that's not going to change their roadmap to success because they came up with it from the ground up. Fortnite, see, that, that shows where their values lie because Fortnite isn't like, oh, hey, congrats for coming out and, and doing something original and being more grown up and your graphics are cool, it's polished, good for you. Um, no, it's like, holy shit, we're going to lose Twitch views and we're going to lose popularity and all the shit. But, dude, they've made more money than anything. Like, they have so much money right now. Oh, um, they're swimming so, in money right so now. So it's not like – it's like where are their values? Are they that greedy where where this trivial, like, who's streaming my game is is the, their main income? Um do they have that little faith in the developers that they can't hold? Like, you know what I'm saying? And, and, Oh yeah, absolutely. I absolutely agree with you. Like the, the one thing apex, well, the one of several things apex has done better is they actually have a roadmap that they release to us going, this is what we're releasing this day. This is what we're doing. This is what we're like, what we're planning on doing for the future. And Fortnite is just kind of like, oh, that looks like a cool mechanic. We're gonna put that in our game. There, yeah, there. And this <laughs> isn't this isn't to, like an insult, but Fortnite is trying to be the South Park of the battle royale of video games, where they want to be a, a week's worth of relevance, and and they hide that in trying to be secretive. Like, oh, here's some clues and things of something coming. Like they have a plan, but they don't have a plan. They they hear something through the grapevine, like so and so is making a game based on this, or this DLC is coming out, or this is going to be popular. So they're going to plan on doing that, and once something's popular, they release it immediately. All right. So um, case in point, what was the, the one of the first events that they were teasing, and it totally failed. They, they couldn't even pull it off. Was it the meteor in the sky or something? The first go around? Yeah, I think it was the meteor in the sky thing. Like, like they they did it and it happened, and then that was kind of it. Yeah, they 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 aren't 
planning. They are just going by the skin of their teeth and they're trying to just grab on to whatever's popular right now to keep the kids' attention. But now we're seeing that a game that has a purpose and, and, and balance is going to supersede that, which is good. Yeah, I think uh, I think Apex, like it, on a competitive standpoint, I think Apex is way more of a competitive game than Fortnite. Oh, absolutely. Because it has that little team aspect to it. The team and aspect like, is very, very good against the whole luck aspect, which in my opinion makes it not a good qualifier for a competitive genre. Yeah, like like one of my other issues with Fortnite, besides like the building mechanic, was was just the weapons themselves. Like they felt too, they felt too RNG on their heads. Mm-hmm. And like that, like coming off of like I used to play Counter Strike and like I play Overwatch and like those games require like you point you shoot you hit where like Fortnite was very you point you shoot you might hit you might not it depends on if the rng gods like you or not (laughs) and i didn't i didn't like that aspect of that game at all yeah and and apex has taken like the more I don't want to say realistic approach to this, but the more realistic approach to this. Yeah, no, absolutely. <laughs> I mean, just being in first person, even though there are games that are in first person, um, they have added something. Um, and I mean, any any fan of Titanfall knows that all pretty much all the characters are just the different ability loadouts from Titanfall. Just they're just loadouts specifically put on one person. Have you ever played Titanfall? No, I I haven't. I've so heard like, I've heard a lot of good things about Titanfall 2, but I've never had the privilege of playing it. Titanfall has perfected parkour. Like one of the best things of Titanfall is running on the walls and how smooth it is to parkour and grab ledges while maintaining like an, an awareness and being able to just start attacking immediately. Um but when you do the loadouts there, you know, like in every first person shooter, the more you level up, you'll unlock certain things like uh, the grappling hook. So you can use the grappling hook, but, you know, you can't also have the the sensor that you can trigger to see through walls, the pulse blast. But those were all loadouts. So each loadout that I had would have one of those weapons. One would have the grappling hook. One would have the, the invisibility, the invisibility, uh, invisibility cloak kind of is what mirage has but they're still i'm sure that's going to be a new character that where you can trigger the cloak and you'll kind of be invisible until you start shooting and that that's cool i it like like i said i've never played it but just hearing your description of like the different kinds of loadouts and how they've taken those loadouts and created all of these characters based around those loadouts that's really cool like the fact that they've done that and they didn't just make them like just regular character either either like these characters have personality to them right they're gonna start adding lore like overwatch does and yeah like i was actually just gonna make that like they they they're like that was the one thing overwatch got really well is like their characters are very personality based and i think that's a big benefit to apex that their characters their characters are all fairly different like personality wise they're different right 
Yeah, absolutely. And I think that's going to be good for the longevity, especially if they keep pumping out characters and making yeah. them unique and different. Yeah. Yeah, totally. Like I, I, I have my my goods and bads with Apex. I still play it. I will I will still randomly just jump on with dudes. One of my friends got me two wins, so I'm I'm good with that. Um it's still I'm one of those dudes. There was even a meme about it. Uh I'm the guy who is always um uh I'm always looting and getting a bunch of good shit and pointing out em- enemies, but I'm always the first to die. Yeah, dude, I play Lifeline. I'm the healer, bitch. Yeah, that's what I do. <laughs> I don't even care. I am man enough to admit it. I am the healer, bitch. I will pop up. I will go, hey, there's an enemy there. Shoot him and I'll heal you. That's literally what I do. Mm-hmm. Go around <laughs> helping everybody else, healing them with the shield. Yep. Yeah. I have dropped ammo from my own primary weapon because the dude next to me needed it. And I know that if I use it, I ain't hitting shit yep. with it. And he's a better shot. Here, take it. <laughs> I would do the same, man. Um, all right, so I am going to get into what we've been playing. Um, let's start with you. What have you been playing? <laughs> I have been ass deep in Civilization Six, really? like obsessively playing this game. I have played a lot and I have yet to win, and it makes me feel horrible because I am playing on the easiest difficulty, and I can't win. <laughs> so what's the what's the premise? I've never played any Civilization game. So what what is the genre of this game? It is, it is a 4X game. So it's about expanding, exploring, conquering, just you basically there are many different types of ways to claim victory like you can just completely dominate everybody and take over other countries and other civilizations and just be like hey i'm king of everything bitch come at me (laughs) or you can just change everybody to your religion and you get a religious victory or you can be like the highest tourism country out of everybody and get a tourism victory like there are a lot of different conditions, like a lot of different win conditions and all of the different, like all of the civilizations are based upon an historical figure. So like in this version, America has Theodore Roosevelt. And then another one is like Genghis Khan. And then it's like Peter the second and all of the different civilizations, they all specialize in, they all do something better than the others, be it like military or like in Gandhi's case, like religion or like one civilization has an unbelievably good Navy and you can just conquer the seas and stuff like that. And it's all about just expanding your empire and like hitting those wind conditions. So is it like a sim? Uh, like what's the view? Is it top down? Yeah, it's top down. Think of it like SimCity, but more of like country based and not like you're just creating one little city. Like you can have a city in the north and then a city in the south and then one off to the west. And then there's also like city states like built around also that you can trade with or go to war with. 
you can conquer them that way, or you can do the di the diplomatic route and have them be your ally. So when you invade another city, their army will fight with you. Hmm. Like, dude, it's very deep. Wow. And very fun. And I hate it because I haven't won. It just, it reminds me, the way that you describe it, it reminds me of this game called Populous that I used to play on Super Nintendo. Um, I don't remember too much about it, but it was pretty much you build, you build like a, a town or like your own tribe. And at a certain point you decide, okay, I'm going to go attack this tribe. And then whoever wins, wins. And then when you win, it goes to like a totally different like time period there was like one level that was just made of like game boys and it was just real weird um oh cool like the, i i never play i don't know why just i'm not i'm into roller coaster tycoon uh i was into sim city for a little bit um but yeah i haven't played really like a lot of those games i just don't have like time well when you get a nintendo switch you can buy it on the nintendo yes. switch because it's on the nintendo switch <laughs> <laughs> All right. Um, so I've been playing nothing but Anthem, um, and I know that you haven't. You played the the beta demo trial. Yeah, I was uh, I was invited to one of the closed betas, and I played it. And we'll just go with you first, and then I will counter you. Okay. <laughs> um, so generally, I'm not I'm not into this kind of game. I'm not into MMOs. Um, I wasn't huge into destiny at all um same with warframe uh i i played through the first part of destiny um after like before the first expansion or dlc um it was okay i i'm just not like even borderlands those type of games i played this uh i i played the trial and i decided to buy it because i can't stop playing it and i don't i don't really know why i i'm just a, a fan of a lot of the stuff that that is in this game um it is just one of those games where you know you grind and and i still have the same issues where it's like after every battle i've got to update and upgrade my equipment like they don't give you any time to really sit with like a level 19 gun for a little bit like i'll have the level 19 gun after the next main battle i have a level 20 gun you know so it's like those are the things with mmos that i'm not really into i don't have like having to upkeep that all the time but for some reason like the stuff that i keep finding in this game just makes it more exciting like i'm actually excited when i come up with like a rare item i'm excited to end the mission get to the forge and find out what that is and it might be the environment which is awesome it just attacks you all the time it could be the the flying is amazing like i love the flying in this game When I uh, <laughs> when I played it, that was one of the things that I enjoyed heavily was like it was like the the sense of being like of just kind of being a badass, really. Like you're in a mech suit and you're basically freaking Iron Man. Mm -hmm. You can fly around, shoot missiles at shit. Like it was great. Yeah, and that's have... where all of my excitement left. <laughs> see that suit though like being able to fly um at first when you find out that you know you can overheat and you have to keep being like there's different ways to cool first of all which is sweet like you know and just the the, the ability to just 
leave like if you're if you're in a battle like in free player wherever and you just the shit is hitting the fan you can always just shoot straight up in the air do a couple barrel rolls and be out of there so that you can at least recharge um the freedom of the game is is great um it's just dude there's just so much to this game that like even the, all right, we were talking about lore earlier this game is just full of lore so they have the main story that's going on but then like you're you're finding cuz you asked me a question if they explain anything about where the javelins came from i don't think so yet but what they're doing is they're explaining like the very first freelancer and why the city of terrace that you're is pretty much your main home base um for the single player like why that is and everybody has different personalities there's a dude that i talked to that's one of the best characters i've ever interacted one of the best ai i've ever interacted with in a game um the animations of the faces are smooth and this is something very little that not a lot of people would even notice but say for instance you're talking to somebody in any kind of game skyrim or anything you're talking to an npc and then it you know and you can push circle or b or something to skip that line of conversation nintendo is pot is huge for it you know what i'm saying like dialogue comes up push a to skip whatever usually no matter what the game when you're skipping the dialogue if the person's in the middle of acting out like their their hands are wide and they're like this big elephant this big and then you skip all of a sudden they're going into the next the next animation first startup animation frame of the next sentence that they're about to say so essentially if you keep pushing the skip button it's just like yep yep, yep, yep hey what but you know what i'm saying this game yeah okay and and visually it's happening like it'll look like a bunch of edits this game if you're doing that and they start talking, it is so smooth. It's almost like you just told the AI to shut up. They just keep doing what they're doing and just smoothly go into the next line that they're supposed to say. It's the smallest little detail, but if you play Anthem, go talk to somebody and start spamming the the button to skip the talking like they'll just fluidly move they'll just the the only thing that stops moving is their mouth and then they'll just go to the next sentence and if you keep skipping that's that's fine you wouldn't even know if you didn't hear what was going on you wouldn't even know that i was sitting there skipping the conversation oh so it's like it's like seamless like that you can just go through and just skip everything and it doesn't really take away from your kind of immersion of the game right like I, the only reason that I would skip through really fast is because I I started the game on Xbox and then I bought it for PlayStation. So these beginning parts I've had to like skip because I've I've seen them all before, you know. Like there's some pretty long conversations in this that are default. Um, so I guess if you're you wouldn't even know I guess if you weren't in my situation where you had to keep skipping. Um, so enough about the good now i know you have some some stuff you didn't like about it but i actually have stuff i don't like about it and it mainly comes up with to the it amounts <laughs> it's the matchmaking it's the fucking matchmaking if i want to just go and play a mission but not be by myself if i want to play without my friends like none of my friends are on and i want to play publicly so i go and i start my mission and it's a public so i want three other guys to be put in there um 
too many times I will be put into a match and one one way to explain it is Jack. I play with Jack sometimes. He's got a PS4 Pro, so his shit loads faster. He's always um, loaded before me. But it's almost like it, pretty much it's putting me in the middle of matches. Like I'll land and all of a sudden half of our uh, objectives are already completed. So the, the system isn't realizing or letting everybody start at the same time. And that's a bummer because when you do these missions, there are story parts, you know, like part of the mission will be like, you have to kill four of these beasts. So coming in late, three of them are dead. I don't even know what the story behind us killing them is. And, and it's happened too many times. In fact, there's a story now that if you go into quick play, there's a chance that you could be put into somebody's game who is on the very last mission. Like you could be a level five, uh, actually, I think you have to be a level like I don't remember what the level is to actually do quick play. You could be the lowest level to do quick play and be matched with the highest level player on the very last boss. That's how messed up their uh, matchmaking is right now. I was actually going to ask you how how that matchmaking actually works. Like, are are you grouped? It, is it based on mission? <clears throat> so, like, if everybody's if like a group of people queue into the same mission, does it take people from that queue or is it just whatever? Like, Hey, these 20 people are queued together. Let's take four of them for this and four of them for that. Like, how does that exactly work? I, I don't know. I would think that that's how it is. So like, if I start my mission, I want it to be public. So three randos can join. I'm assuming like most games, like, those those three people are also looking for that mission so they'll put us all into one game yeah but you would it, think that but it sounds like that's not right and it's like you could be level 10 and you're going into the final mission it sounds like that's not how they're matchmaking right. so, so exactly so then then you get the situations where okay maybe no like i like to do everything in on the hard hard level nobody wants to steal games that have started so on that level that I want so it's just going to put me in the next game that needs a person and it doesn't matter when it started that's the issue so and it's, it's the same also... thing it's supposed to work like how it works but yeah I have no, I have no idea and I also like that so fast forward four months like fast forward four months and somebody got it for their birthday, anniversary, wedding, whatever, and they jump in, what's going to happen to them now? Like, they can't find players to do these missions with because now everybody has completed the missions and they're all max level. Well, And nobody's doing it. I nobody's think... doing the content. So what happens to that person? Um, I don't know because I don't... I mean, Destiny, you play Destiny. What happens at that point? I jumped into Destiny late, and I, I mean, I was also playing with another dude. So I, I don't know how it would have went if I would have matched up with random people. Well, see, Destiny, you don't need... Like, the match matchmaking in Destiny is only for um, strikes and PvP, and that's it. Like, right. you can play... 
You can play all of the missions, just complete single player. Yeah, you can do that in this game. You could. All you right, just, so you just put I mean, it on that's... private. Yeah. Okay, that's good. That now is it harder where you're all by yourself though, or? Uh, um, I mean, if you a harder level would probably make it harder. Um, but I think that you could probably do it because look, I do free play. Like free play is a good example. Um, free play. There's only four players per server. Um, and if I were to start a free play, it's pretty much just throwing me into a map that has an empty space. I'm not going to be spawned by those people unless they're where I happen to be spawned. You can join up if you want and then do other world events that pop up. Um, or I like just go around and hang out and do world events by myself. It takes longer. The reward is better, but it can totally be done. There's a few characters I run into that are like legendary characters that there's no way I can take them myself. Not because it, it would just, it, it, it goes nowhere because by the time I even get enough of their shield down, it regenerates. Like I don't have okay. strong enough weapons and, and I can't do strong enough combos to not only, cause there's some guys you have to take their shield down. And then that moment that they're knocked out with no shield is when you attack them, obviously. But then they're going to get up and their shield's going to refill. I can't even get the shield down, which it's just a waste, and then I just fly away. But if I had even another person, the chances are way greater just because of the combination of what we can do and our powers and yeah. just like Overwatch. Like having a tank, one person distract, and everybody has a weak point. But if you're the only person attacking, that weak point is usually covered because they're facing you. All in all, dude, I like the game. Like, I don't know what it is. I still have a feeling that eventually I'll get tired of it. But right now, it's they've paced things out in a very good way. And whether people want to like it or not, um, they they have an idea of what they're doing. And, and they've already admitted the way that the co-op and the matchmaking work in this game is the future of Bioware multiplayer games. The next Dragon Age game is going to work like this game. The multiplayer, the, the whole everything, like the way that it works is going to work like this game. This is their new MMO engine. Granted, you're not going to fly around the same way, but this is yeah. what they're going to base. The future of their MMO games is going to be like this. Hopefully they fine-tune it then, so oh, they, level 10s aren't going into the final mission. Cause yeah, that there's, weird. that's something they're, they're going to address. And there's a lot of stuff they have to work out, but right now, I mean, the game's the game's beautiful. I mean, the 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 animation is great for having not a lot of cutscenes and actually using the in-game content. I mean, it's cool. The mouths and the like. I can't get over how there's one a character named Owen. He's like your sidekick, dude. He's like so he's so cool, dude. Like just for being an AI <laughs> character, like like you you question if this is if they just pretty much put the actual actor's face in this because it's just that good yeah from what uh from when i played the beta yeah like the game looked gorgeous and they've dumped just, it like, down the too scenery and stuff just yeah. looked absolutely stunning and like the characters the characters didn't have i mean you've i'm sure you've noticed that they didn't have that kind of like plastic waxy look to them yes like they looked really good and uh, it's definitely a beautiful game. 
but that that's probably why it takes like forever to load. Yeah, because oh, yeah. PC players are even dealing with it, where loading is one to two minutes, upwards of like four minutes, depending on your rig and like your hard drive and yeah. like. Yeah, it's just it was just kind of god awful, it's, and it's I awesome. noticed that a little bit in the beta too, where it just it kind of took me forever to get into some of the games. Well, I mean that's to, to everyone that that's that's science and math. Like when those first of all, you obviously have not played uh, Battlefield One, uh, Battlefront. Like, come on, talk about load times. It takes two minutes just to go from the end of a game to the main menu. Like, unnecessary. Yeah. However, Battlefront 1 was horrible in loading. Yeah, <laughs> but in in the defense of probably all those games, like, even Grand Theft Auto, people don't bitch about that anymore. That's the same shit. It's because of how big the world is. And Anthem, holy crap, dude. Like, I play free play, and I'll just go and fly and if i see a cave going down i will fly as far down as possible and although it's not the biggest thing when it comes to like north south east and west which a it could also be expanded there's a lot more that you can't reach but going up and down in the world is huge it's almost as deep and high as it is wide okay that's not true about height or depth but it is deep <laughs> it is a huge huge world and there's so much wildlife, most of which will attack you. I can forgive it. And really, I I challenge someone, not in a harsh way, to, to time it and then time how long it takes to find, I don't know, even a fucking Overwatch game. I've sat there for three minutes. But there's things that games do that stop that from feeling like a long time when they let you like, you know, you have the skirmish matches and stuff like that. Yeah. When you're staring at a screen the whole time, it's going to feel like forever. Yeah. But yeah, yeah I no, mean, no. I, it is still long, but look, games are just going to, it's going to take longer and longer. We cannot get rid of that. You can't, they're not going to be able to get rid of load times. The only way to get rid of load times is if every game started with 20 minutes of load and they just load the entire game all at once and then the rest of the game is seamless. But eventually you're not going to want to do that. Well, that seems to be kind of how Anthem is though because uh, when you actually get into the world, there's no loading whatsoever. Like, you're flying around, going oh, yeah. underground, Absolutely. exploring this whole thing. So it kind of is buffering that whole right. area into that load. But what if they did the entire game? all For every game, like any game, if they, they could get rid of load times completely if they just have one huge load time that you have to go through every single time. That would be horrible. But the rest of your game, Long until you turn it off, <laughs> would be amazing. You launch, you launch the game and it's like a 20 minute load screen. Yeah. Oh, no. <laughs> um, all right. You have uh, news on The Division 2. It's a game that I'm not really. Those, you know, loot and shoot games that I just didn't. I didn't get into. Like, Anthem still hooked me. Yeah, see, I had. Uh... I was the complete opposite of you. I um, You're a black woman? Yes. Yes, I am. Okay. Uh, I, I got the beta in fight for Anthem, and I played for 
a reasonable amount of time. And then um, I had already, well, actually, I pre-purchased Division 2 because I liked the first Division game. Like, I liked it a lot. So I was hyped for the next one. And uh, I had pre-purchased the Division 2, and then I did their private beta. And, like, personally for me, I definitely, definitely enjoyed Division 2, my time in Division 2, way better than I enjoyed Anthem. Wow. Like, like the... I did a whole write-up for it on the website. Yeah, the the Division, right, the Division I played, a couple of the betas, um, and I just it just bored me like the scenery just it was the same scenery and everything seemed the same and i know that even with anthem like you're essentially doing the same stuff over and over again um i just couldn't get into it and it seemed like the most realistic so this is this is kind of making me think that maybe it's just really you know a an atmospheric thing yeah for you it sounds like more of an atmospheric thing like I like the sci-fi setting. Like, I, I, I play Destiny 2, like, on and off. Like, I'm kind of on a lull with it right now. But that'll that'll probably change. Um, I like the sci-fi aesthetic, but I also like the sort of, like, not really post-apocalyptic, but kind of post-apocalyptic, like, real-world kind of setting. Like down-to-earth kind of thing. Yeah, like, th- that kind it of setting happen. that the Division is in. Where yeah. it's like... You know, something huge happened, half of humanity's gone, and now you're surviving. But you're in, like, real-world locations. Right. Like, I dug the New York setting. Yeah, it got rather boring, because it's New York. I mean, this one takes place in D.C. Uh, your actual, like, base of operations is the White House, which I thought was kind of cool. Uh... <laughs> Yeah, like, I I thought that was kind of (laughs) cool. But, yeah, it's like, they took... They took everything that was good about the Division and everything that the patch 1.8 changed in the Division and brought that to Division 2 and then also changed it even further. Like... One of my biggest complaints and what a lot of people's biggest complaints about Division 1 was just like the really bullet spongy enemies. You mm-hmm. sit there and you can go yep. clip after clip into an enemy and like they're just not dying. Yeah, They've completely reworked how armor works in Division 2. So now if you target specific body parts... Oh yeah, it'll break the, off and shit, right? The armor will fall off. That's kind of And th- then that section will take increased damage now does that happen to you when you get shot no like your armor factors into the bullet reduction but like you're not as heavily armored as some of these guys like literally like the boss to the i want to say it was the third story mission second story mission like, this dude, this guy looked like one of the Anthem robots. Decked out in head-to-toe with armor, like, big metal, sh- like, helmet on, and, like, he was absolutely melting me. Absolutely melting me. Um, until I figured out that 
if I just kept, if I stayed further enough away, I can snipe his head four times. And then when the helmet fell off, I can just snipe him in the head and one shot him. Hmm. And that made the rest of the game very easy after learning that. Imagine um, if you can grab, it's like if they had the mechanic where that did happen to you, but you can, you ever play the game? I think it's called Battle Circuit with the robots. And when you destroy, it was like a beat em up. When you destroy a robot, you could take their part. So, like, you could take the pieces of armor that you're shooting off after the battle. You can put those on just for them to get shot off, shot off in the next battle. But still, like, that would be cool. I think they're yeah. one step away from something sweet. I, I think that would be cool, too. Like, like I get it. You're supposed to be, you're, you're supposed to be like, a spec op kind of character. So, like, the damage you're taking is... You're not really supposed to take any damage. You're supposed to be able to do all of this unseen. Hmm. That's weird. So, you walking around in, like, this big, heavily armored outfit would probably kind of take away from all of that. I see what you're saying. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, you're basically, like, you're, you're a Navy SEAL. Like, you're supposed to get in, do your shit, get out. That's it. But if you're walking around going, Claude, 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 everybody's going to know you're coming. Well, then you switch your, your play style. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I guess. Like, <laughs> So so you're, you're still excited that you bought this game? I am. Like, I, I, played, I played the private beta. Um, I, I played it through the whole course of the weekend that it was available for and i i enjoyed it like i definitely enjoyed it and uh you guys will all get to play it too starting friday february 28th it's going to last the whole weekend i don't know if there is a pre-download period where like you can download it and then have it available oh you know what i'm wrong i just found it uh, preloading for the open beta begins at 1 a.m. Pacific time on the 28th. The servers actually open March 1st. So it's a Saturday-Sunday beta. Preload on Friday. Okay. For every console? For As far as I know, it's every console. Yeah, it's every console. Nice. Everybody can play it. Uh, you will have access. This is basically... The private beta that all the pre uh, pre orders had, so it's two story missions, some side missions, and then uh, you get to experience a little bit of PvP, and then they're actually giving you the final game raid, complete with pre like pre stocked characters that you can choose and go through the final raid. That's that's weird. Because they want you to experience what Endgame is. Okay. Like Division One didn't really have an Endgame at, at like launch, so they want to show you like, hey, this is Endgame. This is what you're going to be experiencing when you blow through the game, and we're adding more to this later. Hmm. And all the Year One updates to this game are all completely free. They're actually going to have a big roadmap after the game comes out 
they're going to do a live stream for the roadmap of what we can expect for the first year. And I know it's there's supposed to be a major DLC for it. Why that is in the year one roadmap. And then everything after that, you're going to have to pay for. Because, hey, it's 2019. Yeah, or season pass. <laughs> um, all right, so uh, do you have anything else you want to talk about before I get into some movie stuff? It's very brief yeah. movie stuff. Yeah, everybody should watch Umbrella Academy because that show is amazing. I, you're the second person who's told me that. And I saw it and I was like, this does look cool. It's a superhero movie. Well, it's a superhero show that doesn't focus on them being superheroes, really. Like, it's really good. I suggest watching it. That didn't sound good. (laughs) I may be underselling it, but it is really good. All right, cool. And you should watch it right after this. No. <laughs> I'm not gonna. I have to play some games, but yeah, totally. All right, so um, this is just a little bit of news, and it's actually very good news for the Marvel universe. And uh, it, that's pr- okay. Wait, so first of all, how do you feel about Guardians of the Galaxy? Like the first movie, well, loved the first movie. Second movie was okay. Okay, it was good. But it wasn't better than the first. Now, do you think they're just in general good for the Marvel Universe? Like, were you bummed when Gunn was fired? No. And if at the possibility of there not being another one, or at least another, not being another Guardians made by him? No, didn't carry the way. Really? I was, I was worried because, uh, there's just something about Guardians of the Galaxy that's just it's it's different than all the other ones, and I think that he needed to be part of that. Um, I'm still up in the air on what the hell they're gonna do with Drax. You know what I'm saying? Like he's I love Drax. The, the way that he's is like perfectly awesome. I love him. Um, I'm getting to the fact that the president of uh, Marvel uh, says that they will be using James Gunn's script for Guardians 3. He won't be directing it. He's just it. not directing it, though, right? Yeah, but they, they are going to use his script, which is fine, is perfectly fine. I would be more worried if they changed the script and kept him directing. Like, if he directed someone else's script, I, I would hate it. But someone else yeah. directing his script is fine. Um. So that's half the stress gone. It's definitely happening, um, and it's definitely going to be his script. Um, did did they get the director yet? Like, who's directing it? I don't know who's directing it yet. They haven't announced the director yet. Uh, they might have. I just don't know. Oh, I okay. Made up on it. Um, and here's something off the top of my head. Um, Abrams was talking about the new Star Wars movie. Um, of course, if you've seen the latest Star Wars movies, the last one just sucked in so many ways, and it really yeah, hit hard. Yeah, last Jedi anyone. was terrible. And it, it, the thing is, it wasn't... Look, episode one was terrible, um, but it wasn't, it wasn't a bad story. 
the movie was just what it what it was but really it still had the story and it still made sense um but this last movie the last jedi really just the dude raped us uh, with this story and try- and almost maliciously tried to, s- to destroy the whole Star Wars thing. J.J. Abrams is p- not giving any details on anything, but he is in charge of the next movie. The other dude's not doing it, and he says there are many words to describe this, the next movie, the final Skywalker movie, and one of them we're we're promising is going that you use is going to be satisfied so i think they're doing everything in their power to rectify everything that happened in the last movie um i love it like i was skeptical when he did the first one but i actually enjoyed the force awakens i enjoyed it for what it was going to become and now it just ended up this second movie made the force awakens even worse yeah, like I liked Force Awakens. I liked like the direction they were going with it. And uh that uh that spin-off movie they did to Rebel One. I actually even enjoyed Rebel One. Oh, Rogue One. Yeah, that was Rogue good. One. There Dude, we go. Was, Rogue that One. It was very cool and it explained the, one of the biggest loopholes in the fucking movie. Yeah. Like I thought it was I thought it was a good movie. Uh I haven't seen Solo yet. And I'm hearing. I know it basically failed because of the backlash from Last Jedi, but I personally have never seen it. But I saw Last Jedi, and I didn't like Last Jedi at all. Yeah, it it, it was it, it like it, it was just there was so much to that movie that it was almost like it, it was unnecessarily bad oh, like I, I i can only think that somebody would do it on purpose you know the, the whole build-up for the force awakens everyone in their fucking mother wanted to see luke skywalker the whole yeah, movie and... is based on finding luke skywalker and then you find him and then it's like who gives a shit like come on yeah was... and then like and then like just the way they killed him at the end was just kind of like the way they really? killed Snoke. Snoke was supposed to be one of the most evil things out there. And they just instantly done killed. Like, no, even the Emperor wouldn't have fallen for that. Yeah, that was just like, ridiculous. They seem, they, 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 they forced Snoke's death. Like, they just kind of disregarded Luke. Yeah, like, making him do stuff that doesn't exist. It was a clusterfuck just from beginning to end. Yeah. And the whole time you're like, what? Why would you do that? Yeah, Captain Phasm. I mean, what was that? Yeah, what? Well, the death immediate. Like it was whatever. Um. So there you go. It was almost like they were destroying it to kind of rebuild everything in the next movie from scratch. <sighs> That'd be. I don't know, man. They had something good going. I don't. I don't think they. I mean, like, cause look. Abrams had the script written and I don't even remember the dude who did it, who took over, like totally like trashed that script and used his own. He didn't use any of uh, Abrams script. And see, if I remember correctly, wasn't there, wasn't there production issues for last Jedi? Didn't, didn't they start filming it and then stop filming it? Scrap, uh, like scrap the script and then start it all over again with something else. I don't know. 
That I think I, I remember know. reading that. I may just be completely making that all up. Yeah, I don't. I don't know. You could be right. Either way, Guardians like, of the Galaxy three is happening. <laughs> okay, but uh, I'm, I would be going into the third Star Wars movie with very, very, very low expectations. I'm gonna go with high expectations because. I, it, you know what? I guess it doesn't matter whether it fails or not. There's gonna be more Star Wars movies. Of course, like Disney is gonna milk the shit out of this franchise, mm -hmm. and then when it's long milked and long dead, Disney's gonna reboot it. Yep. <laughs> totally. Whatever. Like that's that's what Disney's gonna do. Oh, Lando's gonna be in the next one. That's already confirmed. really. Yeah, he's. It's yeah, not going to be cool. a big. It's not going to be a big part. Um, Billy D. Williams. I'm saying as Lando. Yeah, um, it's yeah. going to be more of a. You know, you see him for a little bit. He gives him a mission, and then that's it. But they're still trying to do this, and they they have a bunch of Leia footage unused um, that they're going to be using to have her still in the movie. Yeah, because she's, still, she's alive still alive in the universe. It's just so. Weird. So um. Yeah, so you have anything else, James? <coughs> uh, no, not really. Um, I thank you so, so much for filling in. It um, has been a pleasure. Did a great job. Thanks for all your insight. Um, everybody thank else, you. make sure check out our website, GameFixShow.com. Um, subscribe, like everything we do. Uh, our podcast is everywhere. iTunes, iHeartRadio, uh, TuneIn app, Stitcher, you name it, we're there. We're pretty much everywhere. Uh, Cleveland, make sure to go and check out our website for the rules to sign up for our three-day priority pass giveaway. It's so easy to enter, and if you entered last year, right on the side of our website, you'll see a re-entry forum type event thing scheduled. Just go in there, RSVP, you'll be added to the random drawing that we will be doing, shit, I think in like a week. Uh, and then Patreon, if you want to support us a little bit more monetarily, uh, patreon.com slash gamefixshow, you will have a lot of access to a lot of... Um, special audio treats, uh, some interviews we've never aired, extra discounts for Wizard World events, and uh, tons and tons of stuff I just give away at random. And uh, for the Patreons that are listening, um, April is going to be a great month, mainly because of Mortal Kombat. But for you guys, it's going to be very great. Um, with that, James, you are finished, right? Nothing else? I'm finished. All Let's right, Brucey B. <laughs> Goodbye. Have a nice day. Peace. I love you. Have a good one, everybody. Adios, turd nuggets. Hi, this is comedian and writer, and let's be honest, I do a lot of things. This is Dean Archipotis, the host of Whiskey Business, the podcast not so much about whiskey as it is one with whiskey. Yes, we drink and talk about whiskey, but we do so much more with so many interesting people. For example, we talk to comedians like Greg Warren. You know, I don't want to brag, but let's just say I can walk into a Red Lobster and get whatever. 
You know, I think the pause right there is probably more important than the word. Amazing athletes like boxing champion Buster Douglas. When a fighter's down and he's looking for his mouthpiece instead of trying to get up. That's when I knew it was over. Yeah, yeah. right? And, yes, Bigfoot chasers. Do you believe in Bigfoot? And if so, does he really eat beef jerky? <laughs> the Bigfoot thing is people have seen these, and, and I've seen a lot of compelling evidence about it. It's Whiskey Business with Dino Tripodis. Join us for what we call a good conversation with a good pour. You really can't ask for much more than that, can you, people? Check us out at whiskeybusinesspod.com, a proud member of the Evergreen Podcast Network.